TII item 414, December 6, 2016, iOS 10.2, beta 4, 5, and 6. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Right now, you can get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last by going to harrys.com and using promo code TII at checkout for $5 off. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Karthik for sending in the music here in the background. Karthik wrote, Hi, Rob. I'm submitting my song, Dinosaur, to play on the show. The song was created completely using the app's GarageBand and AutoTune Mobile on my iPad Air 2. My vocals were recorded using the Apogee Mic digital microphone, which I purchased from the Apple Store. The song is dedicated to my daughter, who is my number one fan. To find out more info on my music, please check out soundcloud.com slash rxtracks. Regards, Karthik M. Well, thanks, Karthik, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank John for sending in the artwork for today's show. John wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I use Snapseed to create and tune the image, but then overlay the branding text and tweak the image further with filters. I want to see how far I could take a single app, and Snapseed is pretty fully featured with a nice intuitive interface to make a lot of powerful image tools easy to use. Thanks, John Pazer. Well, thank you, John, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see John's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 414 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at Today in iOS at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, iPhone killer, BlackBerry 10 is here, iPhone is dead, emotions run high as BlackBerry's 10 smartphones, Q10 and Z10 make their debuts, unquote, Bob Brown, InfoWorld, 30th of January 2013. That's something I would expect from Bobby Brown, the singer, not some bloke from InfoWorld, a sign. For promo codes, on episode 413, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app's System Util Dashboard and My Cards Lists. Promo codes for System Util Dashboard have already been given out, but if you are interested in winning a promo code for My Card Lists, one word, or want more info on that app, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 413. Sorry, no new apps this time. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, Email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Apple went and released two new betas last week. On Monday of last week, they released iOS 10.2 Beta 4. And then at the end of the week, they released iOS 10.2 Beta 5. 
While one more beta was thought possible, no one was predicting two more betas in one week for iOS 10.2. With beta 4, it was mostly, you guessed it, about squash and bugs. Actually, I couldn't find any articles that talked about any new features found in beta 4 versus beta 3. And with beta 5, it's the same as with beta 4. Bug squashing seems to be all anyone is reporting. Some are saying beta 5 is the gold master version that will go out to the public, and the gold master version of iOS 10.2 is likely to go out this week. That's what some are saying. Or at least I should say some were saying. And another first for Apple, they released beta 6 on Monday the 5th. That means three betas in eight calendar days. That is a new record for Apple. Anyone saying they predicted betas 4, 5, and 6 in an eight-day window is full of it. This was really a unique situation. What is new in beta 6 versus beta 5? Well, that's hard to say because most people were still trying to find anything new in beta 5 versus 4 or beta 4 versus 3. Safe to say, beta 6 is about bug squashing and optimization. Beta 5 actually ran pretty well for me over the weekend with the exception of one issue, and that being the home button would not always wake up the phone and I would have to hit the power button. Now, I thought that was gone, and it was back, and I think the issue is when I'm on a phone call, and I have a couple other apps open, and in the middle of that call, I get another call, then I can't seem to get it back. So it was strange. I actually hold the home button until it gives you the screen where it says, you know, power off or cancel, and then I have to cancel to get out. So it seems like not all the bugs are squashed, at least for the iPhone 7 Plus. Both devs and public beta testers can get iOS 10.2 Beta 6, but hurry because Apple could release Beta 7 tomorrow, or maybe there will be one that comes out and becomes a gold master. Who knows? It's been a really strange eight-day run for Apple. Apple this week also released tvOS 10.1 Beta 5, and I have not talked much about the TV betas, but it seems likely before the next episode, tvOS 10.1 Goldmaster will launch. And the biggest additions are the TV app Apple recently announced and the single sign-on, which is great as it unlocks all the apps your cable provider allows for. So no more going through the CBS app, getting the code from your computer, then punching that code in, unlocking it, then going to the ABC app, getting the code from your computer, then punching that in and unlocking it, and the AMC app, and so on and so on and so on. These are both very nice additions for Apple TV. I'm looking forward to updating once this goes Goldmaster. Updating to Apple TVs right away is typically okay. It's not something that you normally need for work, so you don't have to worry about it causing too much issues. That said, the wife will not let me run the beta software on our Apple TVs, so I have to wait until it's officially launched to actually run it and try it. Hey Rob, this is Tom in New Jersey. Just wanted to report on my experience with the iPhone 6S battery issue. I'm an uh, odd year updater, so generally get the S model when they are released. I purchased my 6S 13 months ago and was very pleased with its battery performance. There were times I'd forget to charge it and get almost two days of use out of it. Over the past four weeks, though, it started having shorter and shorter run times to the point where I would be hitting low power mode before I returned home for the day. I purchased some apps that I didn't need and ensured GPS services were only being used by the apps that I wanted and understood the behavior of. Last week, I watched the phone drop 20% in about five minutes. The phone discharge had turned into a logarithmic scale, slow at first and then really, really fast, kind of like my gas tank. 
I stumbled across the news article about the China legal actions against Apple related to the iPhone 6S battery and the new replacement program, and it finally all made sense. However, it got worse quickly. Yesterday, it was 67% by the time I arrived at work, which is a 30-minute drive. I called Apple to open up a case. I have a business trip in two days and needed to get the phone fixed. All the appointments at the closest store were full until the weekend. The Apple rep uh, informed me that there was a Best Buy store about 30 minutes away and, and now an authorized Apple repair center. So I took the chance and made an appointment for that afternoon. When I arrived, they did all the obligatory checks, uh, serial number, diagnostics, etc., uh, and created all the required paperwork. They said it would take about two or three hours to complete, and that's fine. I had some Christmas shopping to do. I came back uh, completely bored uh, after about two and a half hours, hoping that they were finished early. The tech brought the phone to me, powered on, looked good, and uh, asked me to unlock it so I could do the, or so they could do the final diagnostic on it. I was thrilled. Then I sat and sat and sat. Turns out, in order to ensure Apple is happy with the repair, they required the battery serial number to be input into their system online to close out the ticket on my iPhone, my specific serial number iPhone. The battery serial number, as you guessed it, is on the battery and nowhere else. The tech had not written it down before he installed it in the phone. It was not on the battery box, the plastic bag, or any other paperwork that came with the replacement battery. Not only that, but it's on the back side of the battery. Long story short, I was in Best Buy for six hours trying to get my battery fixed because they had to do the replacement twice. I hate that because I know the phone will never be the same again as far as its structural integrity and seal quality. Thought I'd passed on the experience to my fellow TII listeners. Remind the uh, technician when you're in there about the serial number and be proactive about getting it fixed when it starts to fade. Love the show. Thanks for what you do. Thanks. Bye. Tom, thanks for the feedback there, and sorry to hear your experience was less than stellar. Apple has a tool now where you can enter in your serial number of your iPhone 6S to see if it is eligible for a new battery. This relates to the unexpected shutdown issue. Apple is still saying it's just a small number of iPhone 6S models that were manufactured between September and October 2015 that have the faulty battery. And these battery issues are the opposite of Samsung's, where those went boom, Apple's batteries just go... So, quite the opposite. From Jack Reeder in the TII Google Plus community, quote, For the record, yesterday I was driving with Apple Maps at 50% power, the phone just shut down. I could not restart until I got home and plugged it into power, and it showed 44% when it powered up. I'm in line for the iPhone 6S battery replacement. They said it will be on the store in two to three weeks. I will then bring in my phone. If the battery replacement works, we're done. If it doesn't, they will give me a new phone. They ordered both the battery and the new phone at the same time, unquote. And speaking of Apple stores, there are reports that the Apple stores are being inundated with customers' complaints with regards to devices shutting down early when the battery is showing around 30% or more left, according to some Apple Store employees, according to Business Insider. Apple keeps stating that this issue is just per the iPhone 6S and just a small number. However, according to Business Insider, Apple Store employees are saying the issue is actually very common and it's more than just the iPhone 6S. I personally can say my son's iPhone 5S has had this issue since updating to iOS 10 back earlier in the fall. It is also being reported by one of the Apple geniuses that there weren't enough batteries on hand to handle all the requests for replacements, which is what we just heard from Jack's report that he had to wait two weeks. It really does look, though, here, this is more than Apple's letting on. I just This just seems to be a tip of an iceberg type issue. 
Again, for the most part, Apple right now is saying it is a hardware issue. But that's not what it appears to be when you look at the reports. It looks like it's an iOS 10 issue. There are some post reports coming out that now say iOS 10.1.1 software in particular is part of the issue, but no, my son's phone was having the issues and it wasn't even updated to 10.1.1. And I, matter of fact, I, well, I'll talk about that in a minute here. Uh, I wonder if all these releases of the three betas in the last eight days are focused on this issue. I actually updated my son's iPhone 5S earlier today to the new beta 6. I went from 10.1 up to iOS 10.2 beta 6, and we're going to see what happens. Right now, well, right after I did it, it was fully charged, and later on, we'll see how it's going. Um, it was, well, I could tell you how it went earlier. For a couple hours, it stuck right around 80%, between 90 and 80%. Then all of a sudden, it jumped, dropped a bunch, then it dropped a bunch more. Now it's a few hours later, and we're at 32%, and it's kind of dropping We'll see. Um, we'll check in on it later. I have it running YouTube with no volume uh, on. So we'll see if all of a sudden it goes from like 32% to just off or something like that. From Mark Jarvis in the TII Google Plus community, quote, I have an iPhone 6S and it's probably entitled to a battery slap, but I believe the problem is software. It only started happening since iOS version 10 happened. Why Aren't Apple doing something about it? Unquote. Mark, great question. Again, I'm with you. I'm thinking iOS 10 issue. This whole battery issue, maybe there was a small issue with those batteries, but I'm telling you, my iPhone 5S that Henry uses, my son uses, he's had this issue all fall. And well, I'm hearing from a lot of other listeners other than this, the iPhone 6S that are having problems. It might be too late for some of you when you hear this, but Apple from December 5th to December 11th is having their free hour of code workshops at all 487 Apple retail stores worldwide. It's geared towards kids. Quote, among the most popular events at Apple store, hour of code workshops teach the basics of computer science with code.org's programming tutorials. Apple and code.org share the goal of giving every student the opportunity to learn computer science, unquote. A big part of this year's Hour of Code will include an introduction to Swift Playgrounds, which you have heard me sing the praises of earlier this year. Again, this is running from December 5th to December 11th. It's geared towards kids, so check your local Apple store to see if it's not too late this year for you. One thing you are not yet too late for is Apple's AirPods. As well, they're still not for sale. Despite lots of rumors for the past six weeks that it's going to be tomorrow, whenever today was that the rumor came out, and, well... Tomorrow has yet to come for the AirPods. But one rumor posted on Mac Rumors is from a supposed email exchange with Tim Cook and an average Joe Consumer. Joe Consumer wrote to Tim, quote, Give us a release date. I really bought into the wireless version you painted. Now I'm stuck waiting for my AirPods, but can't charge my 7 at the same time, which is what I need to do at work. Let us know if it's a month or six months, because then I'll just buy some other wireless headphones, unquote. Tim replied back with, quote, Thanks for your note. Sorry for the delay. We are finalizing them, and I anticipate we will begin to ship over the next few weeks, unquote. Mac Rumor says his email headers look legit, but yeah, faking that stuff is not too tough. And Mac Rumor has pretty much said the same thing, too. 
Said email exchange happened the last week of November, so that means tomorrow could actually be tomorrow, or maybe the next day, or the day after that, or, well, look for a push notification from the TI app when the AirPods are finally going on sale. Hopefully, they will be here in time to make for a nice Christmas gift. Hey, and speaking of gifts, a perfect gift for the man in your life is Harry's Razors. I love my Harry's Razors. They are without a doubt the absolute best razors I have ever used at any price level. And Harry's just sent over a great limited edition shave kit that looks great and is filled with great stuff. It has a midnight blue chrome razor handle, which you can get engraved with initials. Three of Harry's German engineered five blade cartridges that again provide the best shave I've ever had. The foaming shave gel that smells amazing. And a beautifully designed gift box. And all of this just for $30. And if you use promo code TII, that brings price down to $25 if you are a first-time customer. Go to harrys.com right now to get this limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. And don't forget to enter the promo code TII at checkout for $5 off. If you haven't heard of them before, Harry's was started by two best friends, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up with being overcharged for razors. So they started their own razor company to give people what they deserved, a great shave at a fair price. They also offer handles and sets starting at just 10 bucks. If you haven't tried Harry's for yourself, you need to. And if you are looking to send Harry's gift kits as a gift this year, remember, free shipping ends on December 9th, so act now. Go to harrys.com right now and get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last. And don't forget to enter coupon code TIIOUT checkout for $5 off. That's harrys.com with promo code TII. And do that before December 9th if you want to get the free shipping before Christmas. Hey Rob, this is Ben from Alabama. I wanted to get your input on the differences between the Series 1 and Series 2 Apple Watch. I know the main thing is the GPS and being waterproof and the display. I wondered if there's any other big difference in the processor or if the features are going to be pretty similar other than those three main points. Uh, your input is very much appreciated. Thank you so much for the show. Bye. Ben, thanks for the voicemail message, and you pretty much nailed the differences. One has GPS, the Series 2, that is. It's waterproof, and it has a better screen. That's pretty much it. The Series 1 and Series 2 have the same processor. So the Series 1 is not, don't get mistaken, the Series 1 is not the original Apple Watch. The Series 1 is the updated original Apple Watch. It has the new processor in it. So it is a faster processor, but it's the same processor in the Series 1 and Series 2, which is faster than the original generation processor. That said, Series 1 is not waterproof. It doesn't have GPS and it doesn't have the new screen. So those are the three big differences. Well, that and price. Here's what I would say when trying to decide between the Series 1 and Series 2. Is a person likely to get it wet? I mean, really wet. Go swimming with it, fall in the pool, whatever. Are they really active? Are they sweat a lot? Are they work out a lot? Do they go running? Do they go jogging? Do they go walking? If they're very active and you're looking for a very active use case, then go with the Series 2. If it's just more about jewelry and you're not, they're not going to go swimming with it and they're not going to go working out with it, go with the Series 1 because really they're basically the same between the two and you don't need the GPS and you don't need the waterproof if you're not going to be using it working out and doing walking and jogging and all that other stuff. So that's, that would be my differentiator. Now, I, I got my wife to Series 2 for our anniversary because she does work out. And so that was the reasoning for me going with the Series 2. Per the difference in the screen, I can't really tell the difference in the screen. Into the email bag we go. 
Hi, Rob. Regarding a listener who noticed that the Apple Clock app no longer displays seconds and a desire to set clocks to the actual second, my suggestion is to skip adding another Unitasker app to your home screen and just go with the website, time.is. It's mobile-friendly and displays exact time with running seconds. You can use the Safari app to and keep the page in your timeline without adding another icon. But if you like one-touch access, then you can add that page to your home screen. As always, keep up the good work with all things iOS. Cheers, Paul G. and Lawrenceville. Paul, thanks for the heads up on time.is and using that to get the seconds. And folks, we all know how to set a web page to a home screen icon, right? Right? Oh, Tim, you don't? Well, here's what you do. Open up, go to time.is on Safari on your iPhone. And then at the bottom, click the little box with the arrow out. And then the bottom row, go over and find add to home screen. And tap that, and it will put the icon on your home screen. And then in the future, all you have to do is tap that and automatically open Safari to that web page. That's it. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Enjoy the show, as always. My favorite clock app is Grand Clock by Anset LLC. This universal app gives you the look and sound of a grandfather clock. Visually, you can zoom in on the face of the clock, including the second hand, or zoom out to see the whole clock, including the swinging pendulum. My favorite aspect is the sound. When the app is focused, you hear the ticking of a real grandfather clock. The developer says all sounds are recordings of real grandfather clocks, and they can certainly sound that way. I hate the ticking of a cheap plastic clock. Also, you can have the app sound chimes, or in my case, just gongs, on the hour, half hour, or quarter hour. You can also set the schedule to have it kept quiet at night. The app costs 99 cents, and there isn't an app purchase for additional chimes, but I do not think they are at all necessary. Regards, Kevin Barry. Kevin, thanks for the heads up on Grand Clock. Link in the show notes, of course, folks. Hey, Rob. Thank Bruce for his instructions on how to delete those calendar spammers. I swear I was getting like five new ones a day. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Regards, Roy. Hello, Rob. This is Ben in Clovis, California. In regards to the spam uh, appointments that we've been getting, there is a workaround. It's kind of annoying that we have to do this, but if you go through iCloud, open up the calendar, and then uh, select the sprocket for your uh, settings. Uh, You go to preferences, and then under the advanced tab, uh, you go to invitations, and by default, it is in-app notifications. You switch that over to your uh, email to your email account. That's used if uh, iCloud is not your primary calendar. But what that'll do is it'll send the, uh, the appointments via email. And then you'll have to accept them there and put them in the, in the appropriate calendar. But if it's a spam, you can mark it as spam and there it won't be in your calendar anymore. It is an ugly workaround, but it does work. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Ben, thanks for that feedback. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Post community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Post community that went up since the last episode that had lots of comments came from Patrick McCain, who posted the following, quote, I forgot the name of the caller from the last episode who brought this up, but yesterday I did receive a spam calendar invite. I showed my wife and we were able to create another calendar on our Mac and delete it without notifying the sender. However, I couldn't figure out how to do this from my phone. Does anyone know how to do this from your phone, or does this have to be done from a Mac or a PC? Unquote. Ken Ostrander replied, quote, 
same thing happened to me. I saw this post as well, irritating as heck. And then he gave a link, well, I should say unquote, and then Ken gave a link to an article on how to prevent spam iCloud calendar invites. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Barry Smitherman replied, quote, I sure hope Apple addresses this soon. It seems like more and more people are talking about it, unquote. And Patrick McCain, who started this, replied back saying, quote, the solution was actually posted by Ken Ostrander earlier today. You have to log into iCloud.com from a web browser, used my Mac to do this, not the iPhone, and then change the settings in your calendar from there, unquote. And then Patrick added a link to a YouTube video to help out on this. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. I know one of the arguments against needing the largest storage or larger storage on an iOS device is that you can store a lot in iCloud which can be fine as long as you have a good internet connection and, you know, iCloud is working, which for part of December 5th, it was not. If you were having issues with iCloud on the 5th, it wasn't you, it was them. I know this firsthand because I have one spreadsheet I keep on iCloud and edit from multiple devices all the time, and I ran into this issue midstream working on it. Luckily, I had other things to do uh, during that outage, but if it was a time where I really needed to get into that spreadsheet and export some stuff, it would have been really frustrating. This teaches me to pull an offline copy of that spreadsheet each week, just in case. And reminds me once again why I like having large storage devices. You can't always rely on the cloud. Now, time that you listen to this show is not linear time as I record, because I record and edit, record and edit, and look things up. So since the last time I mentioned my iPhone 5S or my son's iPhone 5S, it was like 32 or 33%, it just hit the 20% low power mode. That's important because it had always been turning off previously in the 30, 35, 40% range. So this is the first time it's gotten to the, quote, low power mode at 20% without turning off way before then. So maybe iOS 10.2 beta 6 has a solution in there for the battery issue people are seeing. Keeping fingers crossed, but right now it's looking good that it's actually going down in battery life and not just turning off with lots of battery life left. I will keep monitoring this as I record through the night and update later in the show. If you cry for me, <laughs> I'll cry for you. <laughs> well, that was our introduction to this next story. Which, if you have a Pebble, some sad news. Fitbit is buying Pebble and supposedly phasing it out. This according to an article on The Information, which was widely re-reported by, well, almost everybody, and now including me. It was, well, Pebble that is, was purchased for a, quote, small amount, unquote. According to the article, the deal will have Pebble and its products closed down over time with Fitbit really doing the acquisition for assets, which include intellectual property and software. In 2015, the watchmaker Citizen was supposedly trying to purchase Pebble for $740 million. The deal fell through. Then before the Pebble 2 launched, Intel made an offer for $70 million. The CEO of Pebble refused both offers, sources say. Sources are now saying the current deal was for between 34 and 40 million, barely covering their debts. It is sad news. 
I really liked my bubble watch. Well, you still have it, and my kids still use it. Some will say it was Apple Watch that killed Pebble. Others will say it was a tanking in the smartwatch market. I would really say it's about smartwatch sales tanking for any smartwatch not called the Apple Watch. In any case, goodbye Pebble. It was nice knowing you. Say hello to Blackberry, Rio, and the Nomad Jukebox when you get to that tech pasture in the sky. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one. Remember when tech futurists thought the sky would be full of drones delivering packages from Amazon? Well, now it looks like those drones might actually be working for Apple, and by doing so, trying to make Apple Maps better. Seems Apple secured approval from the FAA to use drones to capture photos, videos, and other traffic data, according to Bloomberg. They feel that drones could replace lots of the minivans Apple currently uses to collect street data. Look, up in the sky, is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it underdog? Nope, it's just little old lovable Apple drone. CNN.com had one of those I am so glad I do an iOS podcast articles. It was titled Nearly 1 Million Android Phones Infected by Hackers. According to the article, quote, Hackers have gained access to more than 1.3 million Google accounts, emails, photos, documents, and more by infecting Android phones through illegitimate apps, unquote. To which Google confirmed to CNN the nature and extent of the problem. So basically they said, yep, sounds about right. What I love about this hack, however, is what the infected devices, and by devices I mean Android phones, were doing. Quote, infected Android smartphones began to install other legitimate Android apps, then rate them highly. This fraudulently inflates their reputation, unquote. So if you download an Android app in an unofficial app store, it then infects your Android device. Your Android device then goes and starts downloading apps from the legit app store and gives them high, you know, five-star ratings. Brilliant! Google has stated they removed apps they found to benefit from this. But what if the hackers were actually counting on that and they could boost the apps that is a competitor of the app they're working for? Then the competitors get removed, clearing the path for the real client to benefit. I mean, it's possible, right? Looking at some 85 plus apps found and removed, a few were titled Memory Booster, Memory Boost, Memory Booster with some capitals, System Booster, Mini Booster, Phone Booster. Seems like they might be boosting multiple apps there with similar features. Nice endgame, hackers. Very well done. In any case, yup, glad I do an iOS podcast. Speaking of Android, Android's latest OS is version 7.0 and has the nickname Nougat. My dyslexia was kicking in, and I kept reading it as not, not Nougat. I even said to myself, why did Google go away from the candy names? That's strange. Then I finally, and I mean as in last month, finally realized it was nougat and not naught. And well, I was initially thinking it was my dyslexia that caused the name issue. That is until I saw what nougat's adoption rate has been. It was released in August 2016 before iOS 10, which was released in September 2016. iOS 10.x has an adoption rate of over 63% at the end of November of 2016. According to Apple, nougat has an adoption rate in the beginning of December 2016 of 0.4%. And if you rounded it to no decimal places, that would be 0%. So maybe not was actually the correct way to read Nougat after all. At least for the meantime, I can keep calling it Android Not. Hey Rob, it's Chris DeBrody from Columbia, Missouri. I know I haven't called in a while, 
But I have an issue with my 256-gig iPhone 7. I don't have iCloud Music turned on, and I have about 104 gigs left on my iPhone 7. I have about 180 gigs worth of music since I'm a DJ, and and uh have that all on my phone is awesome. But the issue is, is now when I go to sync it to my computer that I've always synced it to, it no longer syncs any new music. And I try doing research and can't figure anything out. I've called Apple. They've been stumped. Anyone, if you or anyone in the audience knows how to fix this, that would be great. Thanks. Have a great day and a Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Well, if anyone can help Chris, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Switching gears, here's a quick tip for those running iOS 10. If you are ever in the message app and trying to type a message and you go from portrait to landscape mode and you get that screen where you can do the handwriting but you really just want a keyboard and wish it would stop giving you the handwriting option, simple enough, in the lower right corner, tap the keyboard and back to the keyboard you go with the lower right now having a button to go to handwriting. So going forward, you will have the keyboard set back as default. My son was asking how to get rid of that, so figured others would have that question as well. And I can't see if I've ever talked about it on the show before, so there you go. Just tap that little keyboard symbol in the bottom right and that will get rid of handwriting. And then if you want handwriting back, just tap the little handwriting. And we took last week off because, well, I was out of town part of that, went to Disneyland to celebrate my 50th birthday. And while we were at Disneyland, uh, one of the things I kept seeing while we were waiting in line was people were playing charades. It was a lot of charades on the iPhones going on. So people in groups uh, would just people be walking around. It was like everyone had their forehead, had an f- iPhone to their forehead. It seemed like every line I was waiting in. So that app seems to be, and, and multiple versions of that app seem to be pretty popular out there. I loved it though. If you got it right, you tilted the phone forward and that was a right. And if you got it wrong, you tilted it up and that was a wrong. So it was cute watching people do that. We loaded it up and we tried it a little bit. Definitely helps pass the time while you're waiting in line for a ride at Disneyland. Speaking of trips, here's an email. Hi Rob, love the show. Weird stuff on a recent trip to Paris. My iPhone SE was in my shirt pocket. And it was turned off. Over two to three days when I opened it, the phone was in delete app mode. I canceled each time, but noticed that at least five apps had been deleted and most were Apple apps. Maps, videos, and podcasts were removed and I never gave the okay. I had to reinstall after I figured out they were gone. Just curious how this could happen regards Tom. Well, Tom, one possibility would be that you have your phone synced up with iCloud account and with another iOS device and they were deleted on the other iOS device. But beyond that, you know, I mean, it shouldn't be doing that. If anyone else has ever had this happen and figured out what happened and why, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Hello, Rob. This is Ron in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with a response to the caller, Matt, in episode 409, who spoke about his iPhone 6S, which would slip out of his hands because of the rounded edges. And what I'm using is also an iPhone 6S, and on it is a case by Case Logic. This one has the look and feel of the iPhone 5 and 5S with the square sides, and I find it much easier to grip 
also, so that may be a good solution for him. And the phone will stand on a flat surface on its side. So that's kind of an extra perk, too. I really appreciate your show. Thank you very much. Ron, thanks for the review of the CaseLogic case. Last year for Christmas, I gave my parents bowl and branch sheets. That right there should tell you what I think of bowl and branch sheets, and my parents love their sheets. And me and the wife, we love the bowl and branch sheets and towels that we have. They have the best cotton products, period. And I've been telling you that for well over a year now. And you know what makes a great holiday gift? Warm flannel sheets from Bowling Branch. Or maybe a cable knit scarf. Or an origami infinity scarf. Or a nice throw blanket. Bowling Branch makes it easy to find the right gift for your parents or your significant other or anyone. And all of the Bowling Branch products are made from 100% organic cotton because organic cotton is incredibly soft. And right now, you can get $50 off your first set of sheets at BowlingBranch.com with promo code TII. Again, that's BowlingBranch.com, promo code TII. Their sheets are only sold online at BowlingBranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That's how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. And they stand behind their sheets as well, giving you 30 nights to try them out. If you're not thrilled, just send them back for a refund. This year, don't wait until it's too late. Go right now and get some of your holiday shopping done with Bowl & Branch. Get $50 off your first set of sheets at BowlingBranch.com and use promo code TII. Well, finally, an update for my son's iPhone 5S. It finally died. It was 11%. I was actually taking a screenshot. And right after I got done with the screenshot, it died and went off. So it made it all the way down to 11%. When I plugged the power back in, it came right back to 11%. So it wasn't like it jumped up at some higher percent. But it did die at 11% listed, which is much, much better than where it had been dying. It had been dying in the 40% range. And on top of that, previously, it would only last about two hours for my son and then die. This time, it went five hours. So going from 10.1, I think it was just straight 10.1, to iOS 10.2 beta 6, greatly improved the battery life, at least for my son's iPhone 5S. Again, that testing was based on running YouTube all the time. So YouTube, like 80% of the battery life for this, this run. I will give it back to my son. And next episode, I'll report and see it. Well, I'll report back if it wasn't fixing the issue. But hopefully, I'll be able to say, yes, it was a good fix. And he's much happier with the life of his phone. We'll find out next step. If you are a dev running iOS 10.2 beta 6, what kind of improvement have you seen in battery life on your device and which device were you running and were you having issues prior to that? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And I should say, not just if you're a dev. If you're a beta tester, public or dev beta tester, let us know what your results have been. This week for a Kickstarter project, I had a few of you send in links to this one. It's called Perfect iPhone Case Extra battery, extra memory, and more. Um, yeah, nice pithy title. This one has a goal of 30K. It has raised 10K and has until Friday, December 30th at 12 p.m. Central Time to get the other 20K. They have versions of this case for the iPhone 6, 6S, 6 Plus, 6S Plus, 7, and 7 Plus. What does said case do? Well, a few things. One, it extends your battery life by up to two times. Two, it adds external storage, either 64 gig or 128 gig of extra storage. Three, it has a headphone jack for the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus versions. 
Pricing starts at $80 for the 64 gig version and $100 for the 128 gig version. Pricing is very nice for what you get, but those prices are super early bird pricing. There's a little bit higher pricing for the just early bird and then a little bit higher for the next level. So don't delay. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, look for, quote, perfect iPhone case, unquote, in kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 414 over at todayinios.com. One of the craziest Christmas presents I saw this year is the new Mac candle. And burning this candle is supposed to give off the scent of a new Mac, which evidently is a mix of mint, peach, basil, lavender, mandarin, and sage. Right now it's out of stock, so it's actually popular and sold out. It is $24 when in stock, and there will be a link to it at 12south.com in the show notes for episode 414. If you can't wait for the new Mac candle to get back in stock, they do have right now in stock the new Samsung candles, which when you burn those, they say is a mixture of the smell of your house on fire, your car on fire, and the smell of the rubber gloves that TSA agents wear. Oh, come on. How could I not go there? One of the benefits of this podcast is when the kids, my kids that is, want an app, I can just email the devs and get a promo code so they don't have to spend their money. It is my way of showing off to my kids. Besides, if you work at a bakery, right, you bring home donuts for your kids. If you're a cop, well, you bring home donuts for your kids. And if you do an iOS podcast, you don't get donuts, you get apps. But I need to teach the kids that there's always a price to pay. And one of the games my kids received a promo code for in October, and they're still playing, is Toka Kitchen 2. First, here is a review that my youngest son, Porter, recorded. Hi, this is Porter from Porter's Podcast. I'm doing a review on Toka Kitchen 2. The goal of the game is to make your character like the food, and there's three different characters that you can feed, or you can go like the make the goal like to make it uh like it or do anything you want in the kitchen so there's like things you can do like different foods that you can get and then you can fry it you could chop it you can actually blend it and they will drink it and eat what you create and you can mix up foods you can and then there's like uh, you could, there's ketchup, and then there's different spices. It's a very cool game. What I want to talk about is some of the foods and how you do the stuff. There's a refrigerator that, that's all the food, I bet you could tell. And the reactions are pretty funny. And what I want to say is, it's a really good game. How old do you think you have to be to play it? I think you should be at least five. It matters on your parents because it matters what your parents say. Because there's like the oven you can hurt yourself, the frying pan you can hurt yourself. So I'm thinking about range of five. I think it's a funny game of the reaction. What there is is there is different foods. Like you fry it. You can do anything. With the stuff that you have. I think the one of the characters, their least favorite fruit has to be the broccoli. It's reaction of it. But I think is that it's like cost money, but I still think it's a really good game and I think it's really worth it. I'm talking about Toka Kitchen 2.
This is Porter from Porter's Podcast. I really hope this view got to you today. Bye. Well, Porter, thank you for the review of Toka Kitchen 2. But hey, both kids are playing the game, and Henry put together a screencast video of him playing Toka Kitchen 2, which he uploaded to his YouTube channel. Link in the show notes to that video review and demo of the app. Thanks to the devs for the promo code and for my sons for doing their reviews. Again, both are still playing the app after almost two months. That means it's a pretty good app, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes. Hey, Rob, this is Gil from Boston again. I have a question problem with the my new iPhone 7, which I otherwise uh, like a lot. The problem is that apparently you have to touch skin to the home button uh, in order to gain access to it, which is a real problem when I have it in a the, when I have the phone in an armband, which I use when I'm gardening or when I'm running. I used to be if uh, my wife came out while I was gardening and said, "Honey, uh, we need to talk about something," and I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something like that. I would just pull the uh, glove off real quick and poke on the screen and through the screen of the armband and then I could uh, stop what I was listening to. But now I actually have to lift up the edge of the thing and armband almost take the phone out in order to do that, which is frustrating to me, to her, etc. So the question is, what are the solutions that people have for this? I actually looked up uh, armbands for iPhone 7 online Belkin has one uh, which supposedly addresses this specific issue, although when I look at the pictures, I don't see an extra hole where I can reach in and and touch. Amazon seems to have a few listed, but there are lots of reviews on a number of their models that say, one, it doesn't have a hole to address this problem, and two, the holes at the bottom are not in the right place because it doesn't have the spot in the center, etc. So the industry hasn't quite caught up with this yet. And the Belkin one, if it is good, costs about $30, whereas, you know, generic versions of armbands that I've used in the past, which are just as good in most cases as the brand names like Belkin, can usually get for about 6 or 7 dollars instead of close to $30. So do your users of the iPhone 7, are there people out there who have found an an armband that they like which addresses these issues? Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Take care. Bye. Gil, thanks for the voicemail message. And I'll send this out to the audience. If you have an armband that you're using with your iPhone 7 that you like and works correctly, give us a call, 206-666-6364 or... Shoot us an email, today in iOS at gmail.com. Let us know which armband you're using with your iPhone 7 that allows you to play and pause music. Hey Rob, about eight years ago, I wrote you about the iPhone 3. Yes, 3. It was after the iPhone 4 came out, and you encouraged me to upgrade my phone. Well, I went to Android instead, and my Samsung was okay. I dropped it two stories while trying to go out on the roof on the Montgomery County Courthouse. I'm a reporter. I used my insurance to have it replaced, and finally the charging port went bad on my second Samsung. About that time, Samsung pulled the Note 7, and a few reports hinted that the same issue could affect other smartphones. 
okay, I'm not a fanboy, so I started looking again at the iPhone. I didn't want to go with the iPhone 7 and found a great deal on iPhone 6SE at AT&T. I love it. Glad to be back. And last night, subscribe to your podcast once again. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Frank Phillips. Well, Frank, welcome back to the light side. Hi, Rob. My Apple Watch Gen 1 was bricked by Watch OS 3.1. The watch had Apple Care. When I took the watch to my local Apple store, they would not swap it out, but instead sent it to their local repair depot with an expected turnaround of 5 to 10 days. Unlike iPhones that can be swapped out when required, apparently Apple Watches aren't. That surprised me, and the Apple employee sheepishly agreed with my disappointment. So I'm out a week without my watch all because of the update. Just wanted to let you know this policy, if you didn't already, regards PR. PR, thanks for the heads up on that, and sorry to hear that your first-gen watch was bricked by watchOS 3.1. Hey, Rob. Scott from Washington, D.C., still in Capitol Hill. As before, I called and said I was having problems with my iPhone 6S Plus, and I explained that it was out of warranty and I was having issues with like some sort of glitching or something like that and and like I explained to you the audience that Apple sent me out a new device and I have the new device I um, uploaded a previous restore the new device seems to be doing the same thing almost exact and I want to explain to you what it's doing and maybe someone out there in, um, in the show can help me when I receive a phone call on the uh, device, on the iPhone 6S Plus, the phone freezes. It won't allow me to touch the screen to answer the call. And then it seems that if I use the Bluetooth and, and answer the call, no one on the line can hear me. And after about, let's say, a minute or so, the call drops, and then the person calls back, and it connects as regular. And this was going on over and over with the previous device. And like I said, Apple sent me out a new device. And the, the phone is, again, freezing when an incoming call and won't allow you to push the screen to answer it. And if you use a Bluetooth or something like that, it will answer, but you hear nothing. And, and I'm assuming no one can hear you. And then the person calls back or you call them back and it works. And it's been going on and on and on. And I'm trying to figure out if this is a carrier issue, as in through my carrier, my uh, device, or is it a software issue, or what? I can um, help anyone who can shed any light on this and tell me if this is the issue. All right. Thanks for everything you do, Rob. Scott, here's what I would recommend you do. Do a full backup. Connect your device to your computer do a full backup, an encrypted backup. Make sure you got all the data, everything backed up to your computer. Once you've done that, disconnect your phone from your computer. Make sure you force quit all your open apps. Then go to Settings, General, Reset, and then choose Erase All Content and Settings. Wipe it clean, but do it away from the computer. Have it come back up. And then see, when you wipe it clean as a new phone, are you having this issue? Then go ahead, and then you can do the restore from backup that's on your computer. That would be where I would go to see, is it something with the software, 
or is it something with one of your config files somewhere along the line? It sounds like it's a config file issue, but I would wipe it all out and then start again under gen- settings general, erase all content and settings. That all said, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. If anyone out there has any suggestions for Scott, give us a call, 206-666-6364. It's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have a question, or rather a problem, with my voicemail on my iPhone. I have an iPhone 7 with iOS 10.1.1 on Verizon. My problem is that I get voicemail... And when I tap on the voicemail to listen to it, it will attempt to start to play the voicemail and then stop. Or it will start playing the voicemail and then stop after a few seconds. I have reset network settings and also restarted my phone, which did not solve the problem. Have you or any of your listeners had a similar issue? And if so, what did you do to fix it? Thanks for your help. Regards, Howard. Well, Howard, thanks for that. I constantly have issues with my voicemail, just to let you know that thought that was more of a T-Mobile issue, like all of a sudden, four hours after I get a voicemail or a call, the voicemail message pops up. And then sometimes that voicemail message isn't playable until I actually reset the phone and reboot the phone, and then I can actually hit play for the voicemail message. So I've always had wonky voicemail. I don't know if it's a T-Mobile issue or what the issue is with my visual voicemail. But folks, if you've had an issue like Howard's and you have a solution for Howard, give us a call or shoot us an email. What's your sign? I would rather talk about your calendar and dinner plans, Robert. What's your sign? It's nice of you to ask. Now, can I help you with something? What's your sign? My name is Siri, and I was designed by Apple in California. That's all I'm prepared to say. What's your sign? Is there something I can help you with? What's your sign? Robert, you're not supposed to ask your assistant such things. Thanks again to Bowling Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. Out of music, please send music. It's your show, and your feedback and contributions are greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Today's episode is again brought to you by Harry's. Right now, you can get a limited edition holiday shave set while supplies last by going to harrys.com and using promo code TII at checkout for $5 off. Finally, check out the newly updated TI app, which is free to you. We now have the Apple Watch app included. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the app and look for a future push notification for when the Apple AirPods are released. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. 
for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. song. 